Yes, you are back on Masters of the Cinematic Universe, and I am Joe, and with me today is everyone's favorite art school dropout, I'm just assuming that, Eric Pabone, and hey. everyone's favorite, not actually related to Christ, Doug. Hey, how we doing, everyone? We're doing okay. I never went to yeah. art school. How dare you? <laughs> I, just, I just figured you dropped out because your art's actually awesome, and if you had went there, they would have influenced you to not be as good. That's no, true. No, I... Thank you. I, I did drop out of college, but it, it wasn't for art. It was for music. So. Hey, me too. Oh, I yeah. dropped out of music school too. There you go. <laughs> Cheers. Well, I, didn't, I didn't drop out so much as it stopped going. Well, That's yeah, the I mean, same I, thing. I didn't drop out so much as they asked me to leave. <laughs> That's better. You get yeah. points for being did asked to leave. Did college exist back then? Uh, <laughs> it was Socrates. It was, you know. Exactly. Oh, I was yes. like, he's like, oh, this Professor Newton and his gravity bullshit. You know, you know, so- Socrates' famous last words are, right? Oh, no. I drank, I drank what? <laughs> <laughs> no, I stole that from Real Genius, but that's one that's of my favorite good. lines from that movie. So, so anyway, uh, we, we've got a fourth person on the line who may or may not be related directly to me. Mm. Um, Jesus? Uh, oh, my yes. God. <laughs> you got exactly. him? Holy no. shit. Got, wait, wait, guys. This is a big, big deal. <laughs> this is This guy huge. never shows up anywhere. No, well, he's, he's he's back. So I don't know what that says about things. Bad, so anyway, bad who, things. Who do, who do we got? What's that? Who who do we got on the line? Oh uh, well, my uh, I'm Tim, and I happen to be uh, Doug's son. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I am so fucking excited. Like seriously, like yeah, crazy excited about this. I'm really happy. Yeah, it's gonna be fun. But yes, my son Tim, my oldest son, uh, whose favorite movie happens to be what? Shaun of the Dead. Oh, look, and we're doing oh. that tonight. What a coincidence. Uh-oh. That's what are the odds? That's all oh, shit. Oh, shit. I'm not prepared at all. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, wait, wait, wait. Who's leading this one? Okay, I'm good. <laughs> Don't worry. You can all just sit back and just be quiet. I'll run it yeah. off. <laughs> I'm changing was, my ways. No I boys I was talking to Will, and Will's like, at one point, he thought he was just going to drop off the call. <laughs> he could have, and I probably wouldn't have noticed because I'm an asshole. So... <laughs> Trust me, I, I feel guilt every day about about the Tombstone episode. As much knowledge as I dumped on everyone, I, I was a little overbearing. But that won't never apologize, again. never surrender. Yeah. <laughs> I just like how the um, the lesson of that movie was that you know Russell Crowe decided to be the director, and he decided to cut some or Kurt Russell. I don't know why I always do that. <laughs> Kurt Russell decided to be the director of that movie and cut some of his scenes because he didn't want to be overshadowing everyone else. Right. And, and I you just mentioned that, that trivia. I just flipped that shit. To like, fuck everybody else. You're like, I no, know how to make this better. Honestly, you know, I think the bigger issue there, and, and this is just a little like, you know, how the sausage is made. We recorded two episodes in a row. So yeah. the, w- the way we used to record this show was back to back episodes. And then we would release them and, you know, stagger them out. Man, it was just too late. Like we started yeah. recording Tombstone. It, it had to be midnight oh yeah i mean no it, was, uh, yep. it, it, it hurt it hurt my core like it took days to recover from yeah. fucking tombstone yeah. well, no, it was almost drunk. 4 a.m when we finished punch drunk to say the least i mean there's no question about it plus i love that movie so i was a little overexcited <laughs> you couldn't tell the listening to doug <laughs> <laughs> it was, that was not that was an all natural me <laughs> yeah <laughs> He, he he saved some of those those uh, quaaludes he had from yeah exactly New York in the eighties exactly you know yeah when they still were able to make them when he was the wolf of Wall Street 
<laughs> yeah, that's me. Speaking um, of another movie we need to do eventually. Yeah, we'll get to it. God, you know, we keep saying that, but we got a lot of movies in the list I already. So. I keep looking at my movies and thinking I want to change some of them. Like, yeah, I know, I know. You know, we it's have that happen. power. We have that power. We do, that's true. Yeah. I'm still Very contemplating true. if we should do kids or not. <laughs> <laughs> that's going to bring it way down. Way down. Yeah, it's, it's either kids or Biodome. <laughs> Oh, oh, please change it to Biodome. opposites. Jeez. I know. <laughs> one's the most serious movie possible. One's the most asinine. I mean, kid, kids is like having a Dementor in the room with you. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah change it to Biodome, man. That's a good I might time. change it to Biodome. I love Biodome. Change it Great to Biodome. Uh oh. <laughs> yeah. uh, so, uh, so what's new with everyone? Well, I will. Uh, I've been really busy with art this week which is great for me uh, a lot of projects with a lot of interesting people a lot of tom and dan stuff yeah of, uh big tim murphy stuff oh uh, i love that one you put up today yeah i just did a simpsons uh big tim murphy eat my overalls it's kind of inside baseball but yeah man lots of art i've been buying a lot of toys you guys know i collect toys i'm a child yes. of art wait yep. this isn't rj toys right no, no, this isn't RJ Toys. All right, let's this keep this it isn't just surprise me toys. This <laughs> okay, is good. I got the uh I got the new Ecto one, right? Oh. From uh, from the upcoming Ghostbusters film. Nice. I got a million new Star Wars toys. Uh what else did I pick up this week? Masters of the Universe. Uh I got Panthor. My wife drove to Mount Dora, which is like an hour away, to get me this toy. Uh yeah, so I'm I'm just living it up, man. I'm being a kid at heart. And, uh, that's cool very cool yeah what's new with you doug uh yeah cool so i'm uh i'm fully vaccinated now yes got my yeah. second so when you COVID come into shot. florida and getting some german food with us yeah well yeah exactly i can i can maybe survive at this point but yeah I, on tuesday i drove up to boston and, and got my second shot so um that was exciting for me and uh yeah so i'm, I'm feeling good it's a big relief you know so um the only other cool thing that happened was I bought some of uh, Eric's art. <laughs> oh, yes. I bought a and print. Thank you. Gonna, yeah. That's going to be the going to be one of the stars of my Zoom calls when I when I have one cuz it'll be so, hanging on so the wall behind me. So, who are you me. trolling with the art you got from Eric? Oh no, I I didn't commission anything. I bought a print. I know, Joe, I'm not that crazy. <laughs> so Tim, Joe Joe commissions art from Eric just to troll people. Yeah, okay. just to screw people. Like that's the whole point. I'm like, "Hey Eric, can you do this?" I'm like, "I really hate this person." Yeah. Please, well, okay, so what is the farthest you've taken one of these commissions? Well, so well, there's make, there's one in theory, one. right? <laughs> I did make one. Uh, where our entire um, other podcast is is the band that everyone hates the most. Yeah, yeah. I mean, but that, that that wasn't good fun. So you know, I did and the whole. Loved it. I did the Just Surprise Me crew before your dad was a, an official member of the show, mm. um, but he's in there too as uh, Taking Back Thursday Sunday. No. <laughs> now, Taking Back Thursday is our band, but taking it's a pit plan Taking Back Sunday. Except for your dad yeah. is actually Flavor Flav. Oh God. He is. <laughs> yeah, no black wearing so the like yellow tracksuit uh, with the hat and the big clock. Yeah, but uh, send it in the messenger. The, oh, the, yeah, the look at the, He's been yeah. trying to get done is is much much worse. It's uh, it's oh, this whole it's this whole like 
pedophile Geppetto Pinocchio concept. That <laughs> oh he's yeah, that one. He pinches really, it every episode. They're really taking the sizzle out of it. <laughs> he's, he's making it sound way worse than it it's is. It's for the live action Pinocchio remake they're getting ready to do. And I said, I just, I don't know where I thought. You know who would make a really cool Geppetto is Jim Rash, playing like how he plays the Dean from Community or his character okay. from Reno 911. Which, like first of all, addict. first of all, no, that's the worst choice. I've <laughs> no, that's the is. best choice. I mean, like you can just see it. But then I said, you know, it's kind of screwed up that like Geppetto had made himself a little boy that he had control, complete control over through pulling his strings. <laughs> I'm just saying, oh, like, if you read in the context here, you know, yeah. and then, you know, the whole lie to me part. With yeah, <laughs> that's where it goes off the rails. That's where it goes a little off the rails. Yeah, 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 yeah. Joe has a hearty imagination. The play on words I, of Japanabal is just too good to pass up. It's a, so. it's a chef's kiss scenario. So, Shaun of the Dead. Shaun of the Dead, huh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Speaking of Flavor Flav, there is a Flavor Flav quote in this movie. There is. Yeah, there is. boy. Yeah, boy. Oh, yeah. Okay, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Clink, clinking shovels and uh, cricket bats together. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. So we, are we going to roll or what? Are we ready? Is that what we do? I don't know. I guess so. <laughs> All, right. All right. Well, I guess I guess if, if that's what we do, let's do it. I thought we were done. I, no. <laughs> All right. No, I'm ready. Let's do it, man. All right. So, yes, today we are uh, going over Shaun of the Dead. Uh, as previously mentioned, Tim's favorite movie of all time, definitely in my top 10, I want to say. Absolutely love this flick, uh, so I was real excited to do it. Um, it was released on September 24th, 2004 here in the States. It got an April release that year in England. Um, it was actually originally going to be a uh, straight-to-video release here in the States, but because the buzz was so good from the... Uh, British release they decided to put it in the theaters and uh, you know it did really well actually it made 30 million which back then for a 6 million dollar movie 30 million was a, was a good chunk of change that's um, anytime yeah. you make more than you're putting into it I think that's a win well yes definitely <laughs> <laughs> but you know that's this is an example of 6 million dollars well spent I well, mean they did a really good job that thirty million uh, also was only just the release. That's not including yeah. like the money it's made in the you know following years. Oh, it's it's made it however many fold more. You're right because yeah, uh, because of its cult status. You know. Yeah. Uh, so it was uh, written by uh, Edgar Wright and Simon Pegg. Um, so they are responsible for the entire Cornetto trilogy, which we'll explain in a little more detail. Uh, but this is uh, part one of that trilogy. Um, Edgar Wright also did Baby Driver, which I definitely want to get on my list because I love that movie. Mm -hmm. uh, he did Scott Pilgrim. And where this thing germinated was in a British TV series called Spaced uh, that yep. was in the early 2000s, if I believe. It was actually the last, the last thing they ever filmed for that show, too. Oh, right, 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 yeah. So... Um, yeah, so they got together on that and uh, because uh, Nick Frost, who's also in this flick, and Simon Pig and uh, Edgar Wright all worked on that show together. So it uh, it germinated from there. So, um, all right, yeah, let's get to the movie. So uh, it opens up with a, with a shot <laughs> of the, the Universal logo that we're used to, the big globe. Um, but there's some eerie kind of music playing in the background. And that was, where is that lifted from? Does anybody know? 
Ooh, no? I have no idea. All right. So that music is directly from the original Dawn of the Dead, the 70s Dawn mm-hmm. of the Dead. Damn um, it. Yeah, there's a scene where the helicopter's taken off and there's this synthesizer music playing in the background and they lifted it right from there. Um, you can sort of kind of hear the helicopter. They removed it. They, they edited it out, but you can still sort of hear it, sort of like, you know, like phasing the, the music itself. But yeah, that, that, that stuff that's playing as the Universal logo goes is, is from that movie because as we're going to learn, there are so many nods to, to that movie and that series and, um, you know, Giorgio Romero and, and so many others in the, in the horror genre um, because Simon Pegg and, and, and Edgar Wright worship these folks that did this. They grew up on this stuff, and this is, yeah. a, this is definitely a, an homage and a nod and a thank you uh, because it shaped their youths and their and their lives. So uh, there's a lot of stuff going on there. So um, it it kind of pisses me off that I didn't catch that because, and I'll tell you why. <laughs> Not just because like I'm a I'm a horror fan and I, I like Dawn of the Dead, but like in that DVD heyday of like the early 2000s, I got the Dawn of the Dead box set, and it yep. was mm. it came with like a little comic book and all this shit. I shit you not, it was like $80. Like, it was an astronomical <laughs> amount of money. That's a lot of money back then, yeah. Yeah, and and it's there's nothing special about, you know, the DVD. It, it's just a DVD. Right, but, right. Oh, right. God. I'm, I'm so mad at myself. <laughs> anyway. Yeah, so that's cool. I mean, yeah, because Dawn of the Dead, the original is, you know, I, I mean, I saw it in theater, so <laughs> that, that movie's one of my favorites also. It's a great flick. Definitely. So. Um. So, uh, yeah, so, you know, after, the, after that opening, you know, bit of music and, and, the, and the logo, uh, we fade into a, uh, well, we hear the song Ghost Town by the Specials. Um, I, I dig that song. I like that. I probably did, never even knew about it till we saw this flick, but I just like that song. Um, you know, we hear the music and then we fade into a shot of our main protagonist, Sean. Um, he's at a pub and he's drinking a beer. And he's got a very spaced out look on his face. Um, he, he just seems to not want to be there, wants to be anywhere else but there. But he's also just spacing out, you know. Um, and we see the reason why um, is, that, you know, he's sitting there drinking his beer with his blank stare. And uh, his girlfriend, Liz, is talking to him about, you know, the pretty much unhealthy relationship he has with his best friend, Ed, um, who's played by Nick Frost. Um, you know, Nick Frost again, the whole Cornetto trilogy. He was also in space into the Badlands. If you watch it on AMC, he was great in that. Um, another great indie sci-fi flick called attack the block. Um, mm-hmm. uh, it's a good movie. Who's, Oh, you guys have all seen it. Cool. Yep. Yeah. Great, great, great flick with, uh, what's his name? Finn, John, what's his name? John Boyega. Yeah. You go. Yep. Thank you, Tim. Uh, yeah. John Boyega. But yeah, so, so he was in that, you know, uh, so she's talking, Liz is talking to Sean about his relationship with, with Ed, um, you know, and how it's kind of affecting their relationship. It's sort of, you know, cramping her style, so to speak. Um, and, you know, great comedic fashion. She's talking to Sean about Ed as if he's not there, but he's standing right next to them. <laughs> and he's completely <laughs> oblivious to the fact that he's being shit on. Um, he's playing a slot machine. And, uh, you know, he's like totally fine with it. Yeah, whatever you want to say, that's fine with me. You know, <laughs> he's pretty cool about it. <laughs> so one of the running jokes in this movie and, and, and something we're going we're to come to find is that there's a lot of running jokes in this movie. And 
it, it's funny because if it's if it's done incorrectly, it gets stupid, but it never does with this flick because the writing is so smart. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, you know, Liz uses the word exacerbate in a sentence, and yeah. <laughs> Sean doesn't know what that means, and he says, "What does that mean?" And Liz doesn't know he's specifically asking what exacerbate means. Uh, she, she just thinks he doesn't get the point, but then she has well, to explain to him. Uh, if if uh, that term was used in last we, uh, the last movie we did, it would be an exercise of the future. <laughs> <laughs> Go away. Go away. Exacerbate. Yeah. <laughs> this movie is the reason why I know what that word means, and also yeah. anytime I use it, I giggle inward at least uh, because I just think of... What does exacerbate mean? <laughs> exactly. So, Tim, quick, refresh my memory. Did I take you to the theater to see this flick? Or No, we no, hadn't. Okay. Um, but I remember, because I was only 13 at the time, I remember seeing the trailer for it, I think even before you had. And I, yeah. I think I showed it to you and, and Uncle Scott. And, uh, yeah, it just was so unique. And I and not, nothing I had seen before. And, I yeah. mean, I just remember seeing it for the first time and dying laughing. You know, and yep. So I'm even wondering if I saw it in the theater. I might have waited to DVD because I, I, I don't, don't know that. Yeah, I, I don't think it, you would have. Yeah. I mean, I know we, we ended up going to see Hot Fuzz together. Right. You know, that was and, a couple and, of years later. We were, you were 16, and yeah. right. I mean, we had we were such fans of this at this point, and so. Right. Right. But I think this kind of just came out of nowhere for us. Yeah. But anyway, it just shows this this movie is a staple in our house, um, mm-hmm. and there's a lot of quotes from it yep. and everything that are used regularly. It's it's sort of like the whole Tombstone thing in that that's, sense. Is that that's beautiful, man? I love it. <laughs> hey Tim, real quick, are you, are you like a big horror guy? Like at that age, were you into horror movies, or was this kind of like your gateway? Um, so I I would say I appreciate horror. I I don't really dabble too much, but it definitely got me interested. I mean, I then retroactively would go on to look into Night of the Living Dead, the original, and Dawn of the Dead, the original, and and even the the Zack Snyder 2004 uh, remake. And yes, um, yeah, oh yeah, nice man. Yeah, you got to get yeah. those references, you know. They yes, throw, they oh yeah. There's so much love out there to, to yep. all these predecessors. See, this is my kind of horror movie because I, I I'm not a big horror movie fan, but I love comedy. Oh yeah. Yeah, like like this or like Club Dread. <laughs> sure, yeah, that's that's a good one. Yeah. Well, you know what? That's a good point, Joe. Because this movie and Club Dread have a lot in common because they didn't set out to make fun of the genres they were they were They're supporting. Just they were they they were paying homage to to yeah. these genres oh, yeah. and <laughs> introducing comedy to the mix. So it, that's a big difference. If you go out, if you set out to make fun of it, it's it, it's going to fall flat eventually. Yeah, it turns into scary movie. Scary right, movie, exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, this is yeah, scary this movie is a three. Love though I'll fight you on that one. Scary movie three is a great <laughs> film. Mm-hmm. All right, but no, but anyway. it is a good. It's a fair comparison. Well, it's a fair com- compare and contrast because you can definitely tell the love and attention as opposed to parody. Yes, uh, yeah. You know, it's it's a, it wants to be a blend of comedy and one of the movies that it is paying tribute to. Well, yeah, that's exactly. that's why it's more of a pastiche than a parody. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yes, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, that's a big word. Hey, Joe. <laughs> hey, with the big, hey, like exacerbate. I, like, I, watched, I watched Dear White People. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. No, All this right, is I'm... 100% a love letter, man. You can feel yes, it. Yes, you're right. There, you're there's right. references in here that, that I'm sure Doug will get into, but I saw 
when I watched this uh, today, you know, it's been a couple of years since I've seen mm-hmm. Shaun of the Dead. There's a restaurant in this movie called Full Cheese. Oh, yeah. yeah. And if you're a horror guy and like an Italian yep. horror guy, that's yeah. a big, deep cut reference, man. That's yes. that's all love, man. Yeah, big mm-hmm. time, big time. So, so yeah. So, um, you know, we we are at the, at that point. You know, ex- we get past exacerbate, which for those who don't know is to make things worse. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Sean learns this, okay? Yeah, I mean, um, if you were exercising and doing that, that definitely would make it worse. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. It's like jazzercising. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, jazz hands. Um, so or we jizzer, are also jizzercising. <laughs> <laughs> That's a Star yeah. Wars reference for you. <laughs> yes. Yeah, this yeah. episode's off to a great start. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, we are also introduced to Liz's friends, Diane and David. Um, they've, they've all been friends since college. And um, we can tell already that especially David um, does not like Sean at all. <laughs> okay. Um, he, he, David's a pretentious prick. And it, he can't help but have that come out in his feelings for Sean. Um, he, you know, we'll learn later where his true feelings lie. But he, he feels that, that Sean is, is, is holding Liz back and shortchanging her uh, and would love to see them separate. Uh, so he does everything he can, just in his little quips and, you know, one-liners and stuff to get rid of them. Um, Diane is the supportive girlfriend and the supportive friend uh, in this in this uh, movie. So uh, she's there. Um, you know, so Sean is listening. He's half listening to this. He, you know, at one point he kind of mentions that, you know, you know, because he, he's been he's been friends with Ed since primary school. So they're they've been fast friends since they were kids. And he, he's, you know, Sean is, is a supportive person and he's looking out for Ed. You know, you mentioned that Ed doesn't have very many friends you know, and, and and it's sad. And as soon as he said that, Ed just walks up to the table, goes, "Hey, Eddie, you cunts like a drink." <laughs> so you know, we're getting we're getting a vibe for Ed's yeah. uh, place in the world. You know, I just <laughs> wish like later in the movie, when like something was about to happen to to Sean, that uh, like someone would have said, um, "Oh, it's okay, I've got lots of friends." And then Ed would have been like, "I don't." <laughs> I wish they would have dropped that I don't line in there. <laughs> All right. <laughs> I like that show. Every movie should be like Tombstone. <laughs> well, basically, all I'm going to do is try to relate every movie to things we did before because it's lazy. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's got electrolytes. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. So that I, was. Yeah. Was rapid fire references. Yes. Yeah, that's true. Just throwing them out. It's good. Um, so, I mean, the bottom line with this opening scene is that we see that every relationship at this table is dysfunctional. Oh, yeah. <laughs> between mm-hmm. friends, between, you know, boyfriends and girlfriends. And it's just they're a dysfunctional bunch, but they get along with there for each other in some way or another. Um, we also quickly learn that Sean has zero drive. He tells Liz he's going to change. But when he says that, you see on his face, he even knows he's not going to change. Like, he's, he's completely stuck in a rut, you know, um, so we know. Um, so that's sort of a prologue uh, to this because then the opening credits run for, you know, about 30 seconds. And during that scene, um, you know, we see different shots of people in their daily lives. And in one form or another, you know, that we've got the trolley guy collecting the, the, the shopping carts and, you know, we've got the people waiting at the bus stop and they're all looking like zombies already. So it, it's, you know, it's a sort of a reflection yeah. on the world mm-hmm. where people are zoning out and then they're in their own little world um, and they might as well be zombies 
now because if they were really a zombie, nothing would change for them. And um, uh, a cool bit of trivia is everyone you see in those opening scenes plays a role later in the movie. Yes, exactly. Mm-hmm. And it, I have a note here that says this this scene, this the opening credits set the, the movie's tone as a basically never-ending foreshadow. Yep. <laughs> oh, yeah. Everything that takes place just foreshadows whether it's the very next line or the next scene or further in the movie is a foreshadow of something. But it's done so smartly, again, because Edgar Wright and Simon Pegg wrote it so well. It's just, yeah. it's done beautifully. So This is, um, this is very intelligent commentary for a comedy. Just yes. to, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Yeah. Just to, to point out, like, look at us. Look at, look at society as a whole. We're just, we're already zombies. Like, this is art house film, uh, you know, thought, and it's and it's presented in a really yeah. funny way. I think that's why this movie works so well, man. Is because they, the writing is is just on point. Oh yeah, absolutely. absolutely. Throughout the whole thing, so. and I mean, I just think it it maintains its quality and and wittiness throughout. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yep. Yep. Uh, so uh, the, the credits close, um, and we get a shot of Sean. We 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 think and we'll see it in a second but it is sean staggering to view sort of shuffling his feet <laughs> like a zombie um and it, it, this is another does anybody know what this is an homage to hmm. all right no big oh, deal you so preach. so the, you see his shadow so you, so the shot starts at his feet and you see his shadow across the rug and it's a direct lift from a scene in, in Day of the Dead, which is the one where they're in the underground bunker. Yeah, Day of the Dead. Day of the Dead. Um, there's a scene when one of the, I think the, the captain, the military captain or whatever, is being chased. And all you see is, you see him, but you see the shadow of the zombies coming at him. Mm. So cool. that was a direct lift from that. But the camera pans up and we see Sean. He's just gotten up and he's yawning. Um you know, he's making a zombie noise before we see his face, but then when we get to his head, he's yawning, so we know he's yawning. Um, and uh, he shuffles into the living room, and, and Ed's sitting on the couch playing a video game. And, um, you know, he sits down next to Ed, and you hear, you know, player two has entered the game. And, uh, you know, Ed reminds Sean that he has to work. <laughs> so as soon as he sits down, he's got to get back up because he, he forgot. This is how unmotivated he is. He's completely forgotten he has to work today, and Ed has to babysit him and tell him he does. Um, so we see a scene, and this has become a uh, Edgar Wright staple, but this was Edgar's first feature, so it's something he experimented with, and he got this from movies like Evil Dead and, um, and action movies in general where you know when the hero's suiting up and he's grabbing his guns or is putting on his armor and stuff, there's a lot of quick cuts. You know, bang, 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 bang. Mm-hmm. He got he pulled that from that, and he started using it, using it in Shaun of the Dead. But now it is definitely an Edgar Wright staple. He uses it in all his flicks. So, but we see, you know, we see Sean getting ready for work. So we see him brushing his teeth and putting his clothes on in just these quick, rapid-fire shots. There's a film name for it, but I don't fucking remember. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> I just call uh, it the Evil Dead. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you, man. Like that's. Yeah, yeah. The, when I see that, I, I instantly think of those, those suiting up with the chainsaw on the arm and all that. Right, exactly. It's used quite often. So, uh, so we wanna we wanna roll a clip here, Joe. Are you ready? I'm ready. Fire away. You do know the front door was open again last night. 
I'm not saying it was you. I know, ma'am. I'm saying it was Ed. Right. I can't live like this. Man, just look at the state of it. We're not students anymore. Pete, just... I mean, it's not like he even brings any real money into the house. Well, he brings a bit. What? Dealing drugs? Oh, he sells a bit of weed every now and again, you know? You've sold puff. Yeah, once, at college, to you. Well, look, I've known him since primary school, you know? I like having him around. He's a laugh. Well, because he can impersonate an orangutan. Fuck a doodle do. Oh, leave him alone. All right, I admit, he can be pretty funny on occasion. Like that time we stayed up all night drinking apple schnapps and playing Tekken 2. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. When was that? That was five years ago. When's he going home? <laughs> all right. Oh, God, I got to It's so hard to not laugh, but yeah, yeah. Well, I, I should have started. I should have prefaced this beforehand. So who's in that scene with, with Sean is, is Pete. So Pete's there. Pete's Sean's roommate. Um, they've been roommates for at least five years. Ed is not a roommate in the sense that he just crashes there. He's crashed there for five years. <laughs> he pays rent sometimes, but he, you know, he, he sleeps on the couch, but it's, it's, it's Pete and Sean. Uh, Pete's played by Peter Serafinovitz. Um, Finowitz. He, uh, you probably know him from the tick, the, the, the current version of the tick on Amazon. It's just so great. I definitely that. do. Um, Guardians of the Galaxy he was in bunch of bunch of flicks cool guy that part was written specifically for him because uh, he's also part of that spaced crew he, he was in that show uh, he played a real dick in that show but he, he was he's just so good at it um, so his, his character's name was Dom in that movie and that actually comes back in the next scene um, as just a quick reference but yeah that was Pete uh, he's had it with Ed he's had it with Ed for a while but he's done with that, and he's, he, you know, he's getting done with Sean as well. So uh, he lays that out there. Um, so we, uh, Sh Sean goes back in the living room because he needs to talk to Ed about this, getting the shit together, closing the door, cleaning up, things like that. Um, when Sean is ready to talk to, to Ed, Ed's cell phone rings, and he answers the call. He gets a call from someone named Noodle uh, <laughs> about scoring some weed. And we will f we will meet Noodle in, in, in a couple of scenes. Mm -hmm. uh, it, it's a really cool underground reference that's never directly pointed out in this movie. But if you listen, you can tell. And then, you know, director's comments and commentary and stuff afterwards, we, we confirm that this is the case. Uh, so when uh, Sean finally does get to talk to Ed, uh, this is what we hear. So Joe, hit it. Listen, Ed. Since you're not working at the moment, uh, could you please clean up a bit? Yep. And if you play the answer machine, could you take down everyone's messages, not just your own? Yep. It's not that taxing, is it? Watching something on a little scrap of paper? No. Right. Dom, hi. Come on, it was pretty funny. You do what I said. I ain't doing nothing for him. Well, do it for me, then. I'm sorry, Sean. It's all right. No, no. I'm sorry, Sean. Oh! <laughs> oh, my God, that's rotten! I'll stop doing them when you stop laughing. I am not laughing. Keep going. Get that. You get it! Hello, Sean. Look, I'm going to be 
a bit tied up today, so when you put the table, can you make it eight rather than seven? I'll try it at work. Bye, bye, bye. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So a few things going on in there. Um, when when you hear Ed say, come on, that was funny. He put a sign or a series of signs on, on uh, Pete's back that says, I'm a prick. Yeah, <laughs> I am a prick. So that's taped to his back. Um, the reference that I talked about with his Pete's character in space, his name is Dom. When he answers his cell phone, he says, hi, Dom, or something like that. So he answers to somebody named Dom calling him. And that's just a quick nod to his character uh, in space. So, um, yeah. And then, you know, when, when Ed apologizes, he apologizes for ripping a really smelly fart. <laughs> I, say, I say that all the time. I always say, I'll stop doing it when you stop laughing. Yeah, you <laughs> and, you know, I have to say, and Tim, you know, he can vouch for this. Uh, the fart joke has happened quite often in the house. Oh, yeah. And, uh, and, and Liz's message... Her bye, bye, bye. bye. <laughs> that happens a lot in our house as well. Um, yep. So that's why I let it run. I, I asked Joe to let it run to that point because we, we do say that a lot. So <laughs> it's just, you know, that's the world we live it's in. It's one of the infinite, I mean, I don't know, every scene has at least one infinitely quotable thing. It right. Does, you know, really. if, exactly. if not far more than that. <laughs> yes. Yeah. yeah. You nailed it. Yep. So... Uh, we now see Sean heading to work um, and his daily routine. Again, he's he's just in he's just in an automated zone. You know, he, he, he follows the same routine every day to the point where he is oblivious to everything. So, you know, on on his way to work, his first stop is the convenience store. So he walks by a, this kid playing football. The kid hits him with the ball. And that probably happens every day. Um he bumps into a homeless man, or he sees a homeless man with a dog, um, gives him, a, you know, some change that he has in his pocket. He trips on the curb, um, you know, as he's walking towards the convenience store, a jogger runs by. Um, something interesting, another nod is um, there, there's a street cleaner guy. He's got his whole setup there, and he's got a radio playing. And if you listen to the radio, you hear them saying that the American Deep Space Probe Number 6 returned to Earth this weekend. Or was scheduled to return to Earth, but crashed early or something like that. So, mm. you know, there are so many different references to why this zombie apocalypse is happening. Mm -hmm. This is just one of them, you know. Mm -hmm. um, so, and that's a reference to a movie. I don't remember the name of the movie. It's a very, like, obscure science fiction movie. Um, but that little little quip from the radio is, uh, is from that. So, <laughs> um you know, Sean shuffles in the convenience store, again, just not paying attention at all. He goes over to the cooler to get a soda. Um, he pulls out a uh, Diet Coke, looks at it, puts it back, and grabs a regular Coke. And and it's I'm just bringing that up because the second time around, he d makes a different choice for whatever reason. Um, well, what they say um, is the radio thing is supposed to be a reference to Night of the Living Dead. It's when there's radiation. Oh, yes. They say there's radiation from a satellite coming from Venus as a possible mm. case for why the dead are coming back. So, yeah. So I was completely wrong about an obscure little known science fiction movie. <laughs> <laughs> I'll take that back. I might have been thinking of uh. another reference, but thank you, Joe, for saving me because, yes, you're, that, you're that's, that's what that's from. Yes. I will um, say, too, it's a real dick move. And, and this is just a sound effects thing, but when he gives the change to the homeless guy, he has 
what appears to be a pocket full of quarters, and you can hear them mm. falling on the ground. <laughs> yeah, he kind of just haphazardly true. gives it. Yeah. Yeah. What yeah, is that, yeah. man? Well, I think it just points to his lack of, you know, observation. He's he's just he probably gives that guy change every day without even looking at him. Because he's going through life. Like. He's going through the motions, and it's all automated to him at that point. Kind of like the idea that he's already a zombie. Well, yep. we shouldn't yeah. use that word, though. We should just call well, it. Well, that's true. The Zed word. The Zed word. Um, yeah. I do have a, a thought about, you know, he he picks up the Diet Coke, puts it back, takes the regular Coke. When we get to the second go around with this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right, cool. Um, you know, yeah, so he goes up to the counter. He, he's, he's talking to Nelson. Nelson's the owner of the shop. He's an Indian dude. Uh, you've got some cool Indian music playing in the background. Um, you know, it's funny. I had read that they tried to get. Oh, was it a Prince song? They tried to get something else, but it was too much money. Yep, so, it was a a Prince song, but they couldn't get the rights to it. Yeah, the rights. So they ended up just playing some Indian, uh, some Bollywood movie uh, music in the, in the background. Yeah. It's uh, also the, why they ended up getting Queen later too. Yes, exactly, mm. exactly. Um, so you know, he gives no, Nelson a actually, what? It wasn't. I'm sorry, it wasn't a Prince song. It was Sinead O'Connor song. Um, and this is for the bar scene later when they yes, the Chicago. jukebox, the yeah. jukebox. They were trying to get the same, but Prince wrote the song, and that's why they couldn't get the rights. That's what it was. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Um, and that 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 also comes back in a different reference uh, in the garden scene with Mary. So we'll, we'll get to that too. Um, but you know, on the, on the counter in Nelson's shop are a bunch of newspapers, and there's some really crazy headlines. One has a super flu. Uh, one, you know, one talks about mutilated remains. One talks about radiation, uh, GMO crops. So again, where did they get? Wait, wait, where did they get twenty twenty newspapers? Yeah, I know exactly, <laughs> exactly. It's a bit prophetic, huh? Yeah. I know, I know. Yeah, super flu shit, doesn't doesn't feel at all prophetic now. You know, no, not at no. all. You know, <laughs> the more shit changes, the more it stays the same. Um, so you know, it, again, it, it's just funny because it's an homage to all the different movies out there that have different reasons for why things happened. And they're just like, they just want to sort of keep you off balance. Edgar Wright does. Um, but you know, make a nod to these movies. Cause I mean, we're talking not only the zombie movies, but invasion, the, the 78, oh, 77. I don't remember the year version of invasion of the body snatchers is a big influence on this movie too. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of different things going on, and that's why he lays this out there. There could be an infinite number of reasons why this apocalypse is happening. Um, just a quick thing that I, I don't know if this was intentional, but when Nelson pops into view, he kind of already looks like a zombie. A little bit, yeah. <laughs> you know, and I, I, I kind of think he did that on purpose, you know. Probably, yeah. probably put a little bit of makeup, give him sunken cheeks and stuff. Um, <laughs> but he looked kind of like a zombie, you know. Well, you never know. He, he could have been bitten already that's I mean, true we, you know we don't sick he, yeah you know exactly because because you see throughout this you know the the next 10 15 minutes little inklings yeah. of that <laughs> ah very true very true yeah uh so we now sean's on the bus on his way to work um <laughs> there everybody's sitting there and everybody just looks like a zombie you know no one's no one's visibly sick looking yet but they're all again in their own little worlds vacant stare just stared off into space and they all kind of look like they're zombies already, you know, or they're just waiting for it to happen. Yeah. This um, is more of that wry British social commentary yes. that we love. Mm-hmm. And exactly. as British as this movie is, I don't know if you guys are aware of this, but the original title for this film was tea time of the dead. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> that's great. I didn't know that. Oh, that's great. 
that would make sense, you know? <laughs> um, yeah, so everybody's on the bus. You know, at one point, Sean looks out the window and sees a guy collapse on the street. So things are starting to accelerate as far as the, uh, the, the apocalypse goes. And, and Sean is, he's started to at least pick up on things. You know, he's, he's oblivious through a good part of this movie <laughs> until mm-hmm. it's directly jammed down his throat. But he, he still spots these things every now and then. They just don't penetrate is, is the issue with Sean. So um, we are now at work. Sean works at Foray Electronics, or I think that's Foray. Foray is the, is the name. Mm-hmm. I, don't, I think it's electronics or whatever, appliances or something. Um, do we have anybody who knows what that name mm-hmm. means? Yep, Ken Foray. Yep. Yes. Don't yeah. the dead. Right, Dawn of the Dead. He was the helicopter pilot in Dawn of the Dead, and he's been in many of the subsequent versions of that. Um, he played a preacher in the remake, um, and he's been in a bunch of bunch of flicks. And you know, mm-hmm. I, I dig him as an actor, but yeah, that was a, a direct homage to Mr. Forey, so that mm-hmm. was cool. Um, so yeah, he's at uh, he's at work. He's at the electronics place. And he sort of kind of in charge because there's a lot of people calling out sick, uh, his manager and some other people. So, you know, he puts together a quick staff meeting um, to sort of lay lay out what's going on. <laughs> and, uh, you know, he, he gets zero respect from these teenagers that are working. <laughs> um, one of which is a very, very young Rafe Spall mm-hmm. um, who's been in, um, you know, We've seen him in Jurassic World. We've seen him. He's actually in all three uh, Cornetto movies. He is um, Timothy Spall's son, right? Yes, and he is Timothy, okay. Timothy Spall's son. Uh, most people would know Timothy Spall from uh, Harry Potter. He played, who does he play? Wormtongue. He plays the rat. He plays, uh, he plays. Uh, Wormtongue. Uh, right, that's him, yeah. Wormtongue. Or Wormtail. So, Wormtail. Wormtail. Wormtongue's Wormtail. 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 Lord of the Rings. Lord of the Rings, <laughs> yes. <laughs> Exactly. That's Brad Dorff. Uh, so, yeah, so very young race. did after a long night of drinking tequila. <laughs> <laughs> got that worm tongue. Exactly. Exactly. So, um, so yeah, so I, I mentioned, uh, so, so Rafe Spall plays Noel. And while they're having this meeting, Noel's phone rings and he answers it. And this is where we come to find out that he is Noodle. <laughs> <laughs> He he is he so earlier you know at home he's he he's the one who called Ed because uh, Ed's his pot connection and <laughs> the phone call he gets while the staff meeting is going on is him telling his friend that Ed didn't have anything <laughs> <laughs> so again it's something that's never directly referenced but uh, yes it's been confirmed that that Noel is noodle um, so you know. Everybody, nobody listens to to Sean. Um, when the meeting's done, Noel he gets on him, calling him, calling Sean granddad, and just you know, um, they have a quick conversation, you know. And uh, uh, Sean thinks Noel's like twenty one, twenty two, and he says, "No, I'm 17. <laughs> and uh, you know, Sean decides to 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 be the dad in this, and so he would just you know, look, just you know, stay focused, and you'll get somewhere. I don't want to be doing this, you know. Just kind of silly stuff. Uh, and Noel just, he's just laughing at him. He, he thinks it's all funny. Um, so, sorry, just changing pages here. Um, this is our first time that we hear the following line, which we're going to hear quite often through the movie, because, <laughs> again, 
it it repeats, but it's funny. <laughs> so Noel, he's giving Sean crap about being old, and again, he, like I said, he Sean's trying to motivate him. And Noel's reply to all this is he looks down at Sean's pocket and he goes, "You got red on you." And you look yeah. down, and Sean's red pen exploded in his white shirt pocket. Um, <laughs> what, what I want to know is, who the hell carries a red pen around? No, I know. I know. <clears throat> and, yeah. Um, now, I, now, the character well, Sean, Sean is <laughs> Sean is getting a lot of shit for his age in this scene. Uh, Doug, I got to say, you get a lot of shit for your age. <laughs> I know, right? Isn't it great? In, yeah. in this podcast, and, and just surprised me to... Did this hit, hit home for you? Oh, because... Of course it always does. <laughs> I mean, Doug's me? only 29. No, that's true. <laughs> I've celebrated my 29th birthday, I don't know, about 10 times. Oh, wait. He was born, <laughs> in, never mind, he was born in 1929. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, your son Tim is on the episode. Tim, you what? You're in your in your mid-50s or so? Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> hey, well, you know them like biblical dudes live to be like 600 years old and be God oh, yeah. a bunch of people. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. We're like Wookiees. You know? <laughs> <laughs> Except your Christmas special isn't as fun. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's fun for some, but not all. Um, it's a birthday right. party. <laughs> yeah. <we're... laughs> all right. So at, at this point, um, Sean's helping some customers. And just really quickly, showing them some, some TV package. I guess they sell cable there, too. And, um, you know, he's showing them different channels. And... It's sort of more foreshadowing. He shows a talk show with somebody named Trisha, who's an actual talk show host in England. Uh, and he shows a game show. And then uh, he goes, news. And click, oh, more news. And click, more news. Because, you know, it's all news channels showing this apocalypse as it develops. Um, but no one's, you know, connecting the dots yet. Hmm. Um, uh, Noel calls him and tells him, hey, your dad's here. Um, so we, uh, you know, he... <laughs> Sean, it lets us know that, you know, he's not my dad. He's not my real dad. He's my stepdad. You know, it's very important that everyone, even people he doesn't know, know that it's his stepdad. Uh, So he walks over uh, to his stepdad who (laughs) he's played by his, his name is Philip and he's played by Billy Nye. I love Billy Nye. He's just such a great actor. Um, and I love the way he plays this character. Like he turns around like he's already a zombie. <laughs> <Okay>. yeah, <or laughs> but vampires. he's no science guy. <laughs> but no, he's not the science guy. <laughs> just, just what saying, it's not Bill Nye. It's, it's not Bill, Bill Nye. Nye. It's Billy <laughs> Nye. Nye. <laughs> yes, Nye. Um, yeah, so I mean, you know, it's funny. On his best day, Billy Nye can look like a zombie <laughs> in oh, real yeah. life. You know, he's, he, he has that Peter Cushing type uh, drawn in jowls and, and such. Yes. So, you know? Um, he's got that kingpin jag. Yeah, exactly. So he turns around, and he's there to remind Sean that tomorrow is uh, visit day. Sean, Sean is supposed to come over to their house to visit Sean's mom and, and Philip. Um, so he, he wants to remind Sean because he knows how forgetful Sean is. And, you know, he, he reminds him to, you know, you're going to bring the flowers. Don't forget to bring the flowers. And... <laughs> I I don't we don't have a clip of this, but I've got to bring it up because this is also a line that is used regularly in the house. You know, because Sean's response is, "I was gonna." <laughs> so you know, gonna. yeah. And then right, uh, and and you know, Phil, Philip says, and and don't pick some posies from someone's garden or whatever he says, and that's Sean's. I wasn't gonna. You know, <laughs> just like real sarcastic. So that's used in our house a lot. Um, works very well. Um, 
And then, you know, we're still in the same scene, and we get our second nod to this as Philip looks at Sean's shirt and goes, you got red on you. (laughs) (laughs) Um, You know, as Philip leaves, we see the army trucks. We see some army trucks drive by. So, you know, again, just in the background, letting us know things are progressing even if no one notices. Um, Still in the shop, uh, Sean gets a call uh, that Noel razzes him about because this isn't a social gathering. (laughs) Um, (laughs) You know, it's uh, Liz calling about dinner. uh, And she is assuming that he listened to her first message, which we heard in the clip earlier. um, But he hasn't listened to that. And he's not even listening at this point. Uh, so, you know, things aren't going to go well. Um, she ends the call with bye, bye, bye. Um, <laughs> as Liz does. Uh, so we are now, where are we? There we go. Uh, Sean is now getting his flowers. He's prepping for tomorrow. Uh, he's thinking a little bit ahead, which is unlike him. Um, there's a man, he's in the flower shop, but the scene starts with us watching a man in a suit in, in a, a jacket run running down panicked stricken running down the sidewalk um does anybody know what that's a nod to is anybody still awake oh shit that oh, was yeah. a nod hold bueller? on i'm just wondering if we're allowed bueller? to talk or not bueller yeah that's a reference Any, i missed i mean i anyway I, it it is a reference to evasion of the body snatchers there's a scene no. There's a dude running, and uh, it's it's cut directly from that. So just a nod to that movie. Um, yeah, so Sean's in there buying the flowers for his mom. He's talking to the florist, getting a card and stuff. And he looks out the window, and <laughs> across the street, he sees this guy in the park who's staggering around just like a zombie. And I think he is a zombie at this point. Uh, he's trying to catch a pigeon to eat it. Um, but just as he's about, Sean's about to see the guy do it, a bus goes by and he blocks everybody's view. And then when the bus passes, the guy's gone. Um, now this, we got to talk about because this was fucking masterful. Like this yes. ranks up there with some of the best horror movie directing as far yeah. as, as being ominous and, you know, mm-hmm. obviously it's yep. forecasting something, but yeah, that, that was really well done by, uh, by Edgar Wright. Yeah. Oh yeah. Definitely. And it's a nod to a movie, and I can't remember what. I didn't write it down. I apologize. But it's definitely a, a nod to another movie uh, with a similar scene in it. Um, so we are now back on the bus, and um, Sean's sitting there, and he's sort of out of it. But as we look around to everybody that's around him, now they're not just vegging out. They're not just spacing out. They're all visibly sick. Hey, everybody's further, got COVID, yeah. man. Exactly. <laughs> and not a mask in sight. No. It's Florida. It's the Florida. The bus was in Florida. This <laughs> movie is, is a cautionary tale. Exactly. Exactly. So, um, yeah. So, everybody is definitely sick on the bus. It's not good. Um, he gets out of... He gets off the bus at his stop. Um, it's kind of convenient in this case because the, the bus is stuck in traffic but that's where he gets out. So it worked. That's fine. Uh, he's walking up the street and he, he gets up to the car that's causing it all. And there's somebody in the car that's slumped over the steering wheel. Um, so we know that they're sick, but it's holding up traffic behind him. He then bumps into an old friend of his named Yvonne. Um, Yvonne is played by Jessica Hines, who co-starred with Simon Pegg again in the show Spaced. So uh, she makes a few appearances in this movie, and this is the first time. Um, 
<laughs> another running joke, which is beautifully done every time they meet. Uh, one asks the other, or it's usually Yvonne asking Sean, you know, how are you doing? And his <laughs> response is surviving. <laughs> um, their chat reminds him, reminds Sean that he forgot to book the table because she asked him how Liz was in uh, you know, that gets to us to a couple of quick cut scenes, you know, really quick cuts uh, to get Sean at home. He's picking up the phone or he whips out the phone book. Uh, phone books were still a thing in 2004. <laughs> <laughs> and this goes back to, to Eric's reference earlier. Uh, he's calling the restaurant called Fulci's, um, which is a nod to Italian director Mr. Fulci, because I can't remember his first name. Lu- Lucio Fulci. Right. Yes. Lucio yes. Fulci. So uh, um, Fulci, best known for uh, the film Zombie with an Eye, or Zombie Two, as it was released in America, and this iconic sort of poster of of the zombie with an eye missing and 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 worms coming out of his, uh, you know, yes. his eye socket. Yep. Um, <laughs> yep. Yeah. Really in- incredible movie. If you've never seen it, check it out. Just look for. Zombie or Zombie Two, either one. It's it's the right. same movie, and uh, yeah, just I mean, there's a scene in that movie. Not to get too off course, but a lot of practical effects, a lot of really you know uncomfortable moments, and there's a scene where the door uh, is being splintered as it's being broken open by the zombie, and one of the pieces of wood goes into this woman's eye, and it's hard to watch. Like even now Ooh. in 2021. Mm-hmm. However, they accomplished this this uh, this scene. It's gruesome, man. Check it out. Okay, all right. I definitely will. That's cool. That's very cool. Uh, so he calls up Fulci's to try to get a table, and um, they answer and immediately put him on hold. Um, when they come back, he finds out that uh, there's no more tables. <laughs> he just mm. gave away the last table. Does anybody know who the voice was on the other end of that phone call? Yeah, I, I it, actually I looked it up and it's yeah. it's Edgar Wright. Edgar Wright. <laughs> yeah. So that Edgar the Wright place that that does all the fish. The place. Yes, that the does place all the that fish. does all the fish. If you look That's in the full. phone book, it says the place that does all the fish. Does yeah. all the fish. It's I the, know. Yeah. It's so great. <laughs> yeah. So the, yeah, that's Edgar Wright. You correct him. Uh, so mm-hmm. that's that's uh, his. There are two cameos. Um, I'm trying to remember where the second one takes place, but I won't be able to. So he plays a uh, zombie. I think it's towards the end of the flick um, in a in a in a park. You'll see a bunch of zombies, and there's a zombie in the background that falls down. That's Edgar Wright um, as well. Um, so, <laughs> and I got to say real quick, when so when when uh, Sean gets shot down for the table and he hangs up, he bites the phone. It, it hurts me every time when he does it. Yeah. The phone oh, yeah. crunches visibly crunches when he bites it. Yeah. And I don't know if they added that after or. Because I can imagine a phone like that making a noise like that if you bite. Oh it. yeah. <laughs> so it got me when it, when he bit when he bites that phone every time I fucking watch it. Um, <laughs> so <laughs> right after that, Liz calls, and at this point, Sean's got to admit that he fucked it up. Um, he, he's he's got to tell her that they don't have a table. Um, Ed's <laughs> listening in, and he walks over to Sean because Sean's not at a loss as to where to go. And Ed holds up a W, a silent W, suggesting the Winchester. So uh, Sean mentions it, and it just gets worse from there. I mean, mm-hmm. she hangs up on his ass. Uh, so that that's a problem. Um, we get some more quick cuts of Sean picking up the flowers uh, and, and 
getting over to Liz as, as quickly as he can because he knows he's got some work to do. Um, he buzzes the door. Uh, Diane and David are there. They won't let him in. They're protecting Liz because she's pissed. Um, he threatens to climb the wall and come in through the window, uh, and they hear him struggling and, and trying, and then a couple of seconds later, the doorbell rings again because he can't get up the wall. Um, but that'll come back to us in a, in a later scene as well. Um, they let him in, and it's just, again, it doesn't go well. Uh, Liz is done at this point with him. Um, you know, he, he's said he's going to change a million times, and he hasn't changed. Nothing's changed. Um, at one point, she even says, you know, we've never even been on holiday. And he goes, well, we went to Greece, didn't we? And she's <laughs> like, we met in Greece. And... <laughs> I love David, like, under his breath. She goes, we met in Greece. And he goes, at a rave. <laughs> <laughs> what a douchebag. Yeah, he is. He's such a prick. He's <laughs> such a pretentious little prick. So it's just, it just funny. That's why I brought that one up, because I just love when he says that. Um, you know, he, then, he, then he brings, then he, then he tries to flower ploy, uh, but he forgets that he's got a card to his mom on it. So he gives Liz <laughs> the flowers, and she sees the card. And immediately sees right through him, knowing these are your mom, aren't they? Yeah, they are. Um, she ends the conversation with it's pretty depressing. You know, she lets him know that, you know, she she feels at this point if she stays with him, she's gonna uh, she doesn't want to end up like those sad old fuckers at the pub, um, just the usual pub crowd at the Winchester. She doesn't want to be like that. Um, so you know, Sean he leaves because he knows it's done, and of course, as soon as he steps outside, it's pouring rain. Um, he goes to the Winchester because he knows Ed's going to be there. Uh, he's walking through the rain. Right before he gets inside, he chucks the flowers in the in the trash bin that's out in front of the pub. Um, you know, he spots a couple in a corner. They look like they're making out uh, next to a phone booth. And, you know, he goes inside. Um, Ed tries to cheer him up, uh, cheer Sean up by doing his Clyde impression, which is... The orangutan from uh, Every Which Way But Loose in Any Which Way You Can. Two Clint Eastwood movies that, again, I saw in the theaters in the 70s when they came out and at the time thought they were the funniest fucking movies ever. <laughs> they co-starred... Uh, no, I can't remember his name. Love the dude, too. His, his daughter... Oh, damn it. Who is in Natural Born Killers? What's her name? Uh-oh. I'm going to rely on Google here. Hold on. <laughs> See how fast I go. Come on, Papa Google, bring it home. Yeah, uh, dust, Papa Google, dust till, dust till dawn. Juliette Lewis. Juliette Lewis. Right. Juliette Lewis. Yes. Yes. So her father uh, was co-starred with Clint Eastwood in those two Orangutan movies. Uh, he hmm. played his happy sidekick. But anyway, that's just a little wacky trivia. Um, even uh, even Ed's Clyde impersonation does not cheer up uh, <laughs> Sean. Sean's devastated. Which, um, how could it not? Because it is so good, man. Yeah, exactly. And does anybody know where this impersonation comes from? No. 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 All right. Nick Frost has been doing this since college. <laughs> <laughs> it's his party trick. No. And it always works. And he, he, he makes, he, to this day, he makes Simon Pegg and Edgar Wright crack up when he does it. And they <laughs> said, all right, well, you're going to do it. And it's... It, you know, it, in fact, it got to the point where later in the movie, when um, 
they're trying to goad him into doing it. And he says, I'm not a performing monkey. He actually <laughs> said that because Edgar Wright used to make him do it so much that he got <laughs> sick of it. And he said, I'm not your performing monkey to Edgar Wright. <laughs> so, yeah, so that's a real thing he does. And huh. I watched some of the outtakes, and he, he did that about ten times. Um, <laughs> and they sucked like eight of them. Weren't good, and he knew it, and that's why they redid them, and he finally got yeah. the take that worked. Um, so we now <laughs> – a song starts playing on the jukebox. This is what Joe referenced earlier. Uh, Joe, what song is it? Um, well, it's Chicago's um, If You Leave Me Now. Yes. But but originally they wanted the Sinead O'Connor um, uh, Nothing Compares to You, which is actually yes. a Prince song. Exactly. And Prince was not having it, uh, Not probably you know unless they gave him like a million dollars or whatever. Um, so yeah, so, you know, if you leave me now by Chicago, which works, it's, it's a very, you know, depressing song. That's Um, a great song though. It pops on and, uh, you know, they realize it's Sean who says, you know, like, so, so Ed freaks out and he goes, what is this? And he goes, it's on random, (laughs) which comes up later again. Um, and then Ed asks John who owns the Winchester to lock it up, um, and apparently this is something that happens quite often at pubs in England. It's called a lock-in when the the pubs are supposed to close. I don't know what time. I think it's maybe 1 o'clock or it might be 2 o'clock, but it might even be 1 o'clock. The, the pub owners, a lot of times, when the regulars are in there, they'll lock the doors because then it come, becomes, quote, a party. They're yeah. not a pub. It's just a party. And they, huh. that you can party all night if you want. Um, because another thing... And, you know, my, my British friends, internet friends, <laughs> can correct me, but my understanding of pub life in England, it's a completely different philosophy from a lot of, you know, clubs and bars around here where the goal is to go out and drink until you're drunk. It, it's a social gathering place, many pubs. You know, yes, people get soused when they're in the pub, but it's a different kind of drunk because they're there to socialize and talk about the day and, and, and argue about politics or sports or whatever. And so it's a whole different atmosphere. So these lock-ins are, are something that happens. So, um, so yeah, so they lock it in. Uh, like I said, Ed asked John to lock it up. And, Joe, could you roll the clip, please? Yep. Ugh. You know what we should do tomorrow? Keep drinking. We'll have a bloody merry first thing. Have a bite of the king's head. Couple of the little princess. We'll stagger back in. <laughs> Back at the bar for shots. How's that for a slice of fried gold? No. Come on, man. Talk to me. She said if she stayed with me, she'd end up coming in here every night for the rest of her life like these sad old fuckers, drinking herself to death, wondering what the hell happened. That is harsh. These are rich, interesting characters. Like who? Stay Gibbs. Always surrounded by women. He's a bigamist. Strangled his first wife with a draft excluder. And he invented the mobile disco. <laughs> I don't know about her, then. Cockicidal maniac. <laughs> <laughs> she's an ex-porn star. She's done it all. They say she started in the world's first interracial hardcore poop. Café Olé. What about John then? He's North London Mafia. It's true, Big Al says so. Yeah, well, Big Al also says dogs can't look up. Think about it. Andy with a blade, draft demeanor, 
burn you the trophy wife? He's connected. Why do you think there's a rifle above the bar? Because the pub's called the Winchester. Exactly. <laughs> See? You don't need Liz to have a good time. Oh, I don't, man. No. No, hey, look at me. Can I just say one more thing? I'm not gonna say, you know, there's plenty more fish in the sea. I'm not gonna say if you love her, let her go. And I'm not gonna bombard you with cliches. But what I will say is this. All right, so um, there's a lot of foreshadowing in that uh, right at the end there. It's not the end of the world. Um, Here's a fun fact. Uh, My my six-year-old daughter comes into the room when Edgar Wright says, uh, Cockasidal Maniac. (laughs) Oh, no. As I'm screening this film today in preparation for the the show this evening. (laughs) And she looked at me with a quizzical look. (laughs) <laughs> One that can only be described as quizzical. And yeah. Right before she could ask me what cockasidal means, I <laughs> I said, "Honey, uh, are you hungry? Let's go. Let's go. Let's go get some lunch. What do you want to eat?" Because yeah, change the subject. I had to deflect quickly. Shiny keys, baby. Get those shiny keys yeah. out. Yeah, cockasidal. Yeah. Is not a word that I cared to uh, address. With no, my I, no. There's no way to explain that. You no. did. You handled that perfectly. That's yeah. the only option. That's the to only option. That. Um, yeah, and that's another one in the bloopers that they must have done about 15 takes with him describing, <laughs> especially her, completely differently. And they all sucked except for that one. They knew the right one to pick. So you know, I, I only realized after watching it today that she's the. No luck catching them swans woman in Hot Fuzz. Oh, shit. Yeah, I had no clue. I was like, wait a minute. Oh, you're right. You're right. (laughs) Yeah. Yep. And then earlier in that scene, I know, Tim, you and I were talking about this offline. Um, What happens in that? Oh, yeah. The foreshadowing of the rest of the movie. (laughs) Yeah. The, uh, you know, Nick Nick Frost. Yeah. Ed's plan uh, for the next day for him and and, uh, Sean. Yeah. ominously foreshadows what's going to happen yeah he mentions a, we're, we're to start the day with a bloody mary and <laughs> the next morning we're going to meet mary um mentioned something about something in a little princess the king, king's head is philip yes uh princess i think is is supposed to be liz yeah and then stagger back to the bar for shots which for shots which happens yep, later. certainly does happen so the whole <laughs> movie is is preferenced in one small paragraph that that is Ed, so sneaky yeah, mm-hmm. exactly, exactly. Um, so, yeah, so that's cool. Um, so right after that whole speech, um, you know, we get someone banging on the door of the pub, um, very zombie-like. So we can only assume it's it's definitely an undead uh, sort of pawing at the door. And you, know, you hear John, the owner, saying, sorry, we're closed. Um, and then we get a very... We, we transition with very drunk Ed and Sean leaving uh, the pub. One um, of my favorite songs, too. Oh, it's so great. Oh, yeah. Uh, I love this so, song. Like, I grew up in Miami. I love this song. Oh, I, I, I don't <laughs> doubt it. I mean, so, you know, we get a quick shot of the sign on the pub door saying, leave quietly, please. <laughs> and then Sean and Ed roll out doing the exact opposite. Uh, they start singing the song White Lines uh, by Grandmaster <laughs> Flash and Melly Mel. Um, yeah, I listened to that song that whole song today while I was writing notes just because it's just so fucking good. <laughs> um, it's such a great song. So, um, yeah, so they get out of the pub while this song is playing 
and um, they look over, and the same couple is over at you know by that phone booth making out. And again, they're well, they're yeah. drunk, but they're still so still oblivious. There. What's that? The same couple still there, like hours yeah. later. Right, still there. And what they don't notice is when they turn around, the guy's head starts falling off. <laughs> so at this point, she's a zombie and she's eating his head, eating his neck. Um, but, you know, again, they're so drunk and so oblivious in general, they don't even notice it. Um, so <laughs> we got another clip. I'm, I'm playing a lot of clips because there's so much gold in this movie. Uh, fire away, Joe. Something Telling everybody to come along. Because white lies blow away. Oh, I get higher, baby. I get higher, baby. I get higher, girl. Oh. Oh. What's he do? Just say bass or freeze. What a tip. Yeah, I love. It. Thank you for adding that. <laughs> I had to go home. Like, no, that's great. That's I almost great. went to. That was my first record. <laughs> yes. So, so we get a great call and response <laughs> between the two of them and a zombie. Um, you know, uh, and again, I'm I'm becoming very repetitious, but this is also something that happens quite often in our house. <laughs> Oh yeah, we always go. You know, it's just something that fucking happens. One person will start it again. It's a call and response, and it's somebody in the house has to go. So yeah, so yeah. So then we transitioned into the electro. You know, white Exactly. Sean and Ed are obviously very drunk. They're home now, and they're they're. Uh, playing some electro music. Um, Sean was a DJ in his former life, apparently, uh, in, mm. in the movie Backstory. So, um, uh, yeah, so he's spinning some tunes. They're listening to that. They're very drunk. Um, down, I, I, my notes, a very drunken Ed. Uh, Sean and Ed are jamming to some electro music, uh, parentheses, at four in the fucking morning. <laughs> <laughs> you know, because- apparently in this scene in the background, there is a poster... Uh, showing Sean's disc jockeying days, like an ad for when he was doing this, and it shows his last name. Oh which shit! You never, you never find out. It's Riley. Oh crap! Yeah, it's it's <laughs> never known otherwise. I didn't realize until I was truthfully looking up trivia. No, but that's cool. So that's oh, that's such a deep cut. That's cool. Mm-hmm. I didn't know that. Sean Riley. That's his name. I mm-hmm. love it. I love it. Um, yeah. So four in the fucking morning. That comes from Pete because Pete <laughs> Pete's coming downstairs and he is fucking on fire he's pissed um the boys still think it's saturday <laughs> but it's actually sunday night and everybody's got to go to work in three hours um so pete is understandably upset um sean tries to calm him down tells him you know we we broke up with liz tonight <laughs> we broke up with liz tonight um 
and Pete sort of kind of takes sympathy for a quick second and he turns around except you know Ed can't help himself and he calls him a prick (laughs) (laughs) and Pete who's a very imposing physical figure I mean that guy's a he's a big fucking dude he he comes at Ed he wants to choke him out you just you know what he wants to kill him um you know so he just Pete lays into to Ed but he also lays more into Sean about you know you know his last his last line to him is sort your fucking life out um and one of his foreshadowing lines in this is when he looks at Ed and he goes if you want to live like an animal go live in the shed you thick fuck um <laughs> which points us to what may or may not happen later in the movie oh. <laughs> um and that scene ends with Ed foreshadowing. <laughs> so this is a quick, like, 30-second scene of them yelling at each other, but they he just keep dropping these truth bombs. Uh, Ed just looks and goes, next time I see him, he's dead. <laughs> yes. And uh, you know what? He is. So, um, yeah. So Sean, in a drunken state, decides to sort his fucking life out. Um, he's, he, he hits the answering machine So he hears, uh, he hears Liz's message That he missed about uh, Changing the reservation to 8 And he gets his message he, gets, he hears his message from his mom About coming tomorrow Which is today at this point uh, For a visit uh, So he starts scribbling on the whiteboard on the fridge And um, you know he, he wakes up He passes out in the kitchen on the chair uh, And wakes up to look what he scribbled And it just says go around mom's Get Liz back, sort life out. So it's a uh, it's a simple plan if you think about it. Three points, he can accomplish them all. But you know, um, yeah. So uh, he shuffles into the living room. Ed's on the couch, uh, you know, because that's where he sleeps. Uh, Sean lets him know he's heading to the shop, and Ed asks for Cornetto. So mm-hmm. Cornetto, uh, for those of us not in the know, which is anybody outside England. Uh, it's an ice cream. It looks like a. Uh, it looks like a. Uh, it's a, an ice cream cone, uh, with a waffle cone and, and and ice cream and some chocolate on top. You know, uh, sort of like a drumstick, I guess, for us here. Um, so he wants a Cornetto. So, the reason this is called the Cornetto trilogy is because, Cornetto ice cream appears in three different flavors, which is what it's available in, in each of the three movies. So you got Shaun of the Dead, Hot Fuzz, and End of the World. Oh, the World's, World's End. End. Pardon me. Um, yeah, that's right. Two movies came out at the same time, different titles. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> yes, The World's End. Uh, so he asked him to get that. Uh, Sean, of course, you know, he's hungover. He's, he's only had two hours of sleep. And uh, he shuffles off to the shop and follows the exact same routine as he did earlier in the movie when he was heading to work. And again, is completely oblivious to everything that's going on around him. Because now there's nothing but zombies everywhere. Yeah, um, <laughs> like how does he not see any of this? I, yeah, I know he sees none of it. He sees fucking none of it. It's incredible. Um, he even trips over the curb in the same spot in front of the car, <laughs> mm-hmm. even though this time there's really nothing there. I think there was some washing. The guy was washing it, so he might have tripped over a hose or something. This time there's nothing there. Trips in the same spot. The I love that. Weird. It was very. It was very Groundhog Day, man. Like that sequence was just. I think that's yep. my favorite part of the movie is the contrast yeah. between this and the previous scene. And I got to say, great. too, the Coronado trilogy thing is cool, but yeah. no Coronado appeared in uh, the movie Paul, which is Well, another... no, that's because it's not part of the trilogy. Yeah, but, you know, Paul gets left behind. No, no, no. Oh, I, no, no, look. I, it's a great movie, Paul too. Paul is a great flick, but Edgar Wright wasn't involved in Paul. Yeah, uh, it was only true. It was that's only true. Nick Frost and Simon Pegg. But, no, Paul's a great movie. I love that. I love that movie. It's pretty you know? good. 
Yeah. Pretty good. Wasn't that like Dave, Seth Rogen is the voice of yeah. the alien? Seth Rogen As was the Paul, voice of yeah. Paul and, and uh. Jason Bateman, whose yeah. best line is uh, big titty motherfucking two-ball bitch. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Oh, dude, I got told I look like Seth Rogen, which is the weirdest shit. <laughs> well, you almost, you almost kind of do. You take the glasses off, and it kind of works. No, like the picture gotta, even had glasses on him, and I was like, holy really? shit, when I saw you gotta, him. You got to let the afro grow out a little bit, well, and I think you'd be fine. I had posted, because like, I'm in a bunch of like uh, Facebook groups, as everybody is nowadays, and it was like a yeah. Disney one. And I posted my uh, trip to Epcot where I was screwing with RJ from the other podcast because he kept saying that Disneyland's better. Right. So literally, I just took a picture of me getting drunk in every country around Epcot. <laughs> and I got more and more progressively drunk. So I That's posted so all those great. pictures up there and said, would any of your Disney California friends want to tell you that it's better? This is what you do. <laughs> and like, yeah. Then like eight or nine people were like, you look like Seth Rogen. And I was like, what? There you go. All right. I was like, I don't know if that's a compliment, but okay. Yeah. I, I used to get told my... The closest I ever came to anybody was when I was younger getting told I looked like the lead singer to the 80s group Loverboy. Which is nothing to phone home about. Back in um, my, uh, my formative punk, pop punk days, I used to get compared to Patrick Stump all the time. I okay, I can see is. Patrick Stump, yeah. The singer of Fall Out Boy. Like everyone, used to think, everyone used to actually think that I was okay. him. Like, which was hmm. kind of funny, because it's like when they were first getting started, like, and no one really knew who they were. Yeah. But I had the same pork chop, like, sideburns and shit, and, like, you know, I was a little skinnier than he was, but, you know, other than that. <laughs> <laughs> right now at 35, I look like uh, David Blaine ate a cheeseburger. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not. I'm not going to say you're wrong. <laughs> I look like Alton Brown before he lost weight. But you know what? Yeah, there you go. Yeah, but but Eric, you are way cooler and much less, completely less ironic than that fucker. I don't like him at all. Anyway, um, I appreciate it. All right. I mean, he's he's whatever. Anyway. <laughs> So, uh, yeah, so, Eric, I agree with you. The scene is great. Uh, Sean is just oblivious. He trips over the curb. Uh, this time when he's walking, um, instead of somebody jogging by, someone's running by, uh, running for their life mm -hmm. by him. Doesn't even notice the difference. He doesn't even notice that the cleaning guy isn't there and the radio's not on. <laughs> he goes into, mm -hmm. the, into Nelson's shop, and he's so oblivious that he opens the cooler door, and it's covered in bloody handprints. And he doesn't even yep. fucking see them. <laughs> and... For whatever reason, this time he looks at the regular Coke, but puts it back and takes the Diet Coke. So See, I always looked at that, and maybe I'm reading too much into it, but it's possible it was just the little thing, you know, because he, he, he wants to better himself. Good for Liz now. So right. I always thought maybe he is making that choice. Like he's a trying little, to, he's a little choice. He's to try to lose weight now as part Right, of even thing. if it's just like picking a Diet Coke instead. I don't know. I mean, it's funny no, regardless. No, that makes point. That, that's a good but, point, actually. I, I can I can definitely buy into that. Um, you know, he closes a cooler door and he slips on what I can only assume is a big puddle of blood that he still doesn't <laughs> notice. Um, he, You know, zombie Nelson is behind him and he doesn't even fucking see him. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> You know, he misses the dead bodies laying on the ground. Um, the homeless guy is now dragging a leash because the dog has probably been eaten. Poor dog. Mm -hmm. um, and he just says, I don't have any change. Or you, didn't even like, have, he brushes didn't even against the, the homeless guy <laughs> yeah. and, and doesn't even notice that he's a fucking zombie. And, <laughs> and this reminds me, I've got to jump back to the first scene. The first, this, this first scene, okay? In the, sh in the, 
in the shop in the first scene we see a groom okay behind him in line mm-hmm. because that's he's going to come into play in the upcoming scene i just wanted to 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 do that um so you know he 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 walks through this apocalypse sean does and he, and he makes it all the way back home without even a scratch with nothing he's fine doesn't even know what's happening right um he sits down and turns on the television and this is what we hear joe Joe. I'm going. Okay. No one this is quiet. prepared to comment. Religious groups are calling it Judgment Day. There's panic on the streets of London. As an increasing number of reports of serious attacks on people who are literally being eaten alive. A witness reports are sketchy. One unifying detail seems to be that the attackers in many instances appear to be dead excited to have with us here a sensational chart-topping or ideological connection between those committing the atrocities and perhaps more alarmingly there's a girl in the garden (laughs) (laughs) so that is a masterful montage by edgar wright just putting together movie tv and sporting clips to piece together the fact that people are being eaten alive and and they don't know why and it could be religious and they don't know and it's you know it's it's masterful. It really is. Um, so what we hear at the end of that clip is Ed looking out the window saying, there's a girl in the garden. <laughs> so, you know, and, and that is the that's the header to my next note section. There's a girl in the garden. <laughs> you know, he spots this girl and the two of them go out to uh, find out what she's doing back there. And um, <laughs> they're calling her name and she's not turning around. Not her name. There's hey girl, whatever they're. They, they're not turning around. Ed, Ed finally picks up a rock and throws it at her back. <laughs> Hits her with the rock, and she sort of shuffles around. And uh, as she's turning around, you know, this look of horror, kind of horror, on, uh, on Sean's face appears. But this is what he says. Uh, play. Oh, my God. <laughs> she's so drunk. <laughs> <laughs> he's and never I, been to florida apparently because we'd be like she's on bath salts <laughs> <laughs> and uh, that might be my favorite quote in the entire movie yeah and again i i added that clip it's short but that is also something that is used in our house oh <laughs> yeah she's so she's drunk drunk and joe to your point it's that's very funny and funny actually because i read that originally he said she's so pissed because in England, pissed is drunk. But they realized while they were shooting that that wouldn't fly anywhere but in England, so they changed it. Um, so they changed it to she's so drunk, so it would be more uni- universally understood and, and thought to be funny. Um, <laughs> but yeah, bath salts would work in Florida, sure. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, so, so she turns around and you know they can see now that her name is Mary. She's wearing a name tag. Um, and does anybody know the the name of the grocery store she worked at? Oh, no, but I was going to say this was wrote, the cashier remember, from the remember. beginning of the movie, right? Yes, that's Mary that. from okay. the beginning of the movie. And in that scene that you're referencing in the opening credits when you see Mary, two, uh, two or three cashiers behind her are one of the producers of the movie. I can't remember her name. No. Oh. Uh, but a lot of those people behind them were uh, were either they were cast members who paid as zombies later or they were uh you know producers or whatever writers and and stuff in in the movie 
Um, so the name of the the name of the uh, grocery store that she works in, it says on the tag is Landis Grocery, and that's a nod oh. to John Landis because nice. uh, American Wealth in London was one of Edgar Wright's favorite movies growing up, and I am a kindred mm. spirit with, with Mr. Wright on that because it is one of my favorite movies ever. I saw that six times in the theater when it came out <laughs> oh, wow. over the course of two weeks because I loved it so much. Um, and that's a movie I'd love to do, so we'll have to weasel that into the schedule. Um, because that is also a movie, it's one of the first movies that so perfectly blended horror and comedy without yes. insulting mm-hmm. either. Yes. Okay? Um, the scene earlier in the movie when Sean is getting ready for work and he closes the mirror and sees Pete standing behind him, that's a direct nod to... Uh, in American World for London, when David closes the mirror and sees his buddy in decayed, you know, undead form in the mirror behind him. If you play mm. those two together, they're perfectly synced. That's pretty uh, amazing, uh, man. Yeah, this American Werewolf in London and Evil Dead 2, it's like the holy trinity yes. of comedy horror that, that works. You know, exactly. that's not exactly fun, but is, is, like I said, a love letter. Like, yeah, yeah. man. Yeah. So yeah, so it's Landis Grocery, and yeah, that's John Landis, who's he's one of my film heroes uh, for horror and for comedy. I mean, you know, uh, Up All Night uh, with Jeff Goldblum and Michelle Pfeiffer is a great, great movie. It's very underrated; a lot, not a lot of people know about it, but it is a great movie. Um, and that's a John Landis joint. So, so yeah, uh, so we find out her name is Mary. Uh, she now starts coming at the boys. Um, Ed is teasing <laughs> Sean, saying, "Oh, she she likes you. She likes you," and you know. He, she's, he's talking Ed's talking to Mary goes, he's available <laughs> and um, she she sort of you know she starts attacking Sean because she's going to try to bite him and they don't even know this they're fucking oblivious still <laughs> and uh, you know she knocks him down and he's trying to keep her off him and um, Ed runs Ed goes I'll be right back and he runs in the house he comes back with a camera with a little instamatic you know disposable camera so you know he says look up <laughs> and Sean is on his back but he picks up Mary he pushes up Mary's head and turns her towards the camera and he looks and Ed takes a picture it's fucking great um, they, you know he, Ed gets Mary off him and uh, you know Sean is warning her he's going to get physical and he pushes her and she, she stumbles backwards and she lands on like the base of an umbrella pole like it's just the pole and the umbrella base and it goes right through her <laughs> And their reaction, they just go, oh. Yeah, <laughs> you know, no horror, rough, no screams. Man. Just, oh. Ed's face is just priceless. Just, just like, oh. <laughs> I was like, where's the rest of that tetherball pole? I know. Yeah. <laughs> he's completely unfazed by it almost. Like, he's just staring. He's like got a kind of a smirk almost, you know. It's, you're right, Tim. Um, so, you know, the worst part is she gets up off the, the, the pole without a problem with a giant hole in her. And. This is the light bulb moment. They finally realize that something's fucking wrong here. <laughs> okay? Uh, so, yeah. They, uh, <laughs> they turn to run in the house and they meet, uh, they meet uh, Big Bubba. Um, <laughs> this guy is very large. He's a, I, I don't even think he has a name in it other than, like, giant zombie or big zombie or something. Um, yeah, hulking zombie. Hulking zombie. Yeah, he's a big boy. <laughs> Uh, and it, half his face is chewed off, or part of his face is chewed off. So uh, they make it back into the house, um, and uh, you know we see Sean. He's dialing nine nine nine, which is our nine one one. There's a 
sorry. <laughs> There's a bit in a show called Episodes uh, that I watched recently. I've got to watch the show. You keep Dude, talking you, about it. You have to. It's a great show. But in any case, the, the, a, co- a quick conversation comes up about the fact that one of the reasons why there's um, there's a lot of butt dials of nine 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 is because it's all the same number, and they should think about changing it to nine one one. Yeah. <laughs> okay. And and the, and the Brits agree. You know, you you might have a point. Um, also, their police cars are kind of weak. Oh, some of them are hot, though, man. Look at the Subaru. Some some of them use the Subaru Impreza's, man. The, the WTRs. That's not bad. You gotta watch Hot Fuzz, dude. Wait, WRX. WRX. Whatever they are, it's three letters together. I don't fucking know. <laughs> exactly. And, and it would be even better if it was an STI WRX. It might have been. I don't know. That's watch used Hot by Fuzz the WRT, which is the World Rally Team. At the end of it. They, Come on, they, they know your miles. acronyms, Doug. What's that? You need to learn your acronyms. Yeah, I know. I know. <laughs> um, so they, um, yeah, they're trying to call 999. Everything's busy. It's engaged. It's engaged. Ed says, what about a fire truck? <laughs> Sean's like, what's a fire truck going to do? Anything with flashing lights, he says. <laughs> That's great. So they, they, they sit down really quick to watch the TV. And this is where you see Ed uh, eating the Cornetto. Like he, he, the thing is probably melted by this point in real life, but he starts eating the Cornetto. And, you know, <laughs> this is Ed is at his oblivious best. It's like. They're talking about all the horrors that are happening on these new shows. And he looks at Sean and he goes, I wonder if it's the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> like, he's still not putting two and two together. Sean's got it, but Ed just, he doesn't have it, man. He doesn't have it. Um, <laughs> and going back to references earlier in the movie where the front door is always left open. Pete's big pet pee was the front door is always left open. Yeah. And he blames Ed all the time. The funny thing is this time it was Sean who left the yep. front door open. Um, in wanders the groom that I mentioned earlier. And, uh, you know, he's missing an arm. So they see him and they both scream, <laughs> sort of like, sort of like an, almost like an Abbott and Costello. Co- Sean's you know, like, reaction <laughs> to this, like his scream in the yeah. hands is my yes. favorite, yeah. man. <laughs> very Abbott and Costello, very, very, you know, just over the top, you know, shock. Um, he's got an arm off. <laughs> <laughs> and the reason I bring that up is because. One really cool piece of trivia I found is that so in the scene in uh, in the, in the convenience store in Nelson's store you see the groom and he's got two arms and then he's got an arm off in this scene. Well, the stunt guy who played that zombie is missing an arm. They hung a fake arm on him in the convenience store. Oh, I didn't know that. Wow. And if you look in the background, see you see the groom twice. The first time you see him, he's in the back of the store behind the cooler. If you look at the arm, it's just hanging limply. His left arm. It's just hanging there. So you can clearly see it's not real. Um, but when he's up close behind Sean online, you, you don't see it. It's just, it's just there. Uh, but yeah, I thought that was really cool. They put a fake oh, arm on him so that he's the armless mm-hmm. guy. So they didn't have to tuck anything behind him. They just used the armless stuntman, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, so uh, they, they start throwing the stupidest shit at this. Does that guy play throw drums? The, what's that? Does he play drums? Drums? Yeah, for Def Leppard. Oh, fuck. no, that's no arms. No. Oh, yeah, he's, oh. that guy's got one arm. That's yeah. Oh, jeez, Joe. I fucked it up. That's too soon. No. <laughs> too soon. <laughs> um, yeah, they're, show, they're throwing pizza boxes at him and fucking beer bottles, like the dumbest shit. And then uh, finally Ed picks up the ashtray and he brains the guy. And, um, <laughs> you know, one shot and, and the guy's head opens up and, you know, the groom is gone. Um, you know, Ed even says, 
do you see his head go? <laughs> you know, because like the, his head's a little mushy. Uh, so yeah, so uh, Joe, roll the clip, please. Get out there. No, 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 we should stay inside. Come on, we can take them. Look, the man said to stay indoors. Fuck the man. Look, as long as they're out there and we're in here, we're safe. The attackers can be stopped by removing the head or destroying the brain. I'll repeat that by removing the head or destroying the brain. Yeah. So that's the, uh, you know, that's the news clip that's playing while the, the two zombies in the backyard are breaking in. And, yeah. um, you know, it, it's going on. And I'm trying to find his name. There he is, Jeremy Thompson. Jeremy Thompson played himself. He's a very respected, you know, he's like a freaking Walter Cronkite in, in, in England. Mm. And, uh, yeah, he, he played, um, you know, they got him to play that part. And he, he enjoyed himself while, while doing that. So, um, yeah, so we hear, we hear them break in. Um, you know, they're breaking in the window. So the boys know that they, they got to they gotta do something about these two. And uh, <laughs> once again, they, they gather the stupidest fucking collection of kitchen gadgets in the history to try to kill these two zombies. <laughs> I mean, they got toasters in there. They got wooden paper towel holders. And, you know, they're flinging everything at them. Of course, nothing's working. They're missing with three quarters of the shit they're throwing. Um, Sean finally throws the laundry basket that they got everything in and misses them completely. Not that it would have made a difference if he hit him. Um, but the the album that Pete threw out the window earlier, um, they pick it up. Ed picks it up and wings it, and it gets stuck in in the hulking zombie. So that gives them an idea, and they get the record collection, uh, Sean's yeah. record collection, and uh, they start flinging records. And they've got a really funny conversation about the the, the record collection and making fun yeah. of different things, like Dire Straits. They don't really have much love for <laughs> Dire Straits, so yeah, just throw it. And um, the Batman soundtrack. Now you, oh. I didn't know this bit of trivia, but you mentioned that they they tried and failed to get rights to a Prince song. Was this a dig at Prince? It because was because maybe, there yeah. were two more Prince albums they threw. They threw yeah. uh, okay. they threw Sign of the Times and they threw Purple Rain. So yes, they were they were definitely saying fuck you to Prince. There's wow. no question about it. They like, have got to have the worst aim of anybody also. Oh, they're like stormtroopers. Yeah. It's fucking yeah. ridiculous. It's hysterical. Um, yeah. Uh, so, you know, they, they come to realize this isn't going to work either. Um, so they decide they're going to go into the shed. The shed's always locked, but, you know, Sean runs at the door and he crashes through the door and gets the shed <laughs> open. Um, they find a shovel and a cricket bat. And, uh, yeah, this finally does the trick. They They... They take care of the two zombies uh, with some zest, some zeal, and a lot of overkill. <laughs> Interestingly, <laughs> they enough, hit these two. They hit these two fucking zombies about a hundred times each in the head. Um, yeah. The only know. person you ever will see hit a zombie though is Sean, because the cricket bat was the only foam thing. Everything else was real. Yes, exactly. You're right. That's a cool piece of trivia too. Yeah. Uh, but all the other all the other bludgeoning tools that everybody had was real. Yeah. So the um, only person you'll ever see an actual shot of them actually hitting the zombie is going to be him. Anyone else that'll cut away like to a, a different. Angle. Yes. Yes. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, so yeah, they take care of these two. Uh, that the, these implements do the job. <laughs> um, <laughs> they're back in the house, um, and I, I apologize earlier. This is not when we see uh, Eddie and the Carnado. It's now they're sitting on the couch so that yeah. that mm -hmm. ice cream should have been a, a soup 
Yeah, I was wondering, did they put that in the freezer or something? Yeah, exactly, exactly. But and um, yeah. the other interesting trivia with the Cornetto was the yeah. different color wrappers per the different movies. Yes, the different flavors. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the three different flavors of the Cornetto. strawberry, which is red for this movie, the blueberry blue for Hot Fuzz, and the green one for uh, uh, World's the, End. World's End. I, I keep wanting to say this is the end. Oh, the World's I, End. I, I said, don't worry, I, I did it before, so it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> I did it it's also I mean, a they good came glimpse. out the same year, so it's yeah. <laughs> It's a good glimpse into uh, Ed's psychopathy because uh, he just he gives no fucks. Like you know, you get to see yeah. the contrast between him and Sean. Sean is clearly suffering from PTSD. Exactly. Yeah, and they're Ed both is, covered in blood. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yep. And then uh, Ed, you know, Ed turns around and looks at looks at Sean, and what's he say? You got red on you. Got red on you. <laughs> yeah. So you know that that pops up again. Well, like that's um, important. <laughs> <laughs> What's that? I like how people tell him that like it's something important. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yes. Yeah, yeah. You got red on you. Like um, they literally just threw a, a record into the head of a, a Z word. But he's like, oh, you, your your pen spilled on your shirt. Like, yes, exactly. Who cares at this point? <laughs> so they're listening to the newscast, and the newscaster talks about how bites seem to transmit this uh, this phenomenon, and that instantly rem- reminds them of Pete. Who, you know, as far as they know, is upstairs, and you know, this references his his conversation earlier in that, in that morning where he got bit, he got mugged, and he got bit. Um, so they get kind of panicky. Um, they they <laughs> they go to the stairs and they politely call for Pete. And they don't hear anything, and they do notice his car still outside. The keys are there, so he sh- he should be home, but he's not answering. Uh, and Ed finally goes, "Oi, prick!" <laughs> <laughs> Which is also something that gets said in the house sometimes. Um, <laughs> oh, a prick! Uh, and he doesn't answer. So they're like, nope, he's not in. <laughs> uh, Sean remembers Liz and uh, panics. So we've got another clip, Joe. Liz! Sean! Mom! Hi! Um, I was going to call you. Are, you. are you okay? Yes. Yeah, what, are you sure? Some men tried to get into the house. Well, are they still there? Well, did you try the police? Well, I thought about it. Well, are you okay? Did they hurt you? No, I'm fine. I'm fine. Mum? Well, they were a bit bitey. Mum, have you been bitten? No, but Philip has. Oh, okay. Has she been bitten? No, Philip has. Oh, okay. Listen, Mum, what sort of state is he in? Oh, he's fine. Bit under the weather. I see. What's the deal? We may have to kill my stepdad. Listen, Mum, sit tight, okay? You're not safe there. We're coming over. I don't want to cause a fuss. We're coming to get you, Barbara! (laughs) So, what's the plan? Right. We take Pete's car, we drive over to Mum's, we go in, we take care of Philip. I'm so sorry, Philip. Then we grab Mum, we go over to Liz's place, pull up, have a cup of tea, and wait for all this to blow over. Why have we got to go to Liz's? Because we do. She dumped you. I have to know if she's all right. Why? Because I love her. All right, gay. I'm not staying there, though. Why not? If we hole up, I want to be somewhere familiar, I want to know where the exits are, and I want to be allowed to smoke. Okay. Take Pete's car, go round Mum's, go in, deal with Philip. Sorry, Philip. Grab Mum. Go to Liz's, pick her up, 
bring her back here, have a cup of tea, and wait for all this to blow over. Perfect. No, 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 wait, we can't bring her back here. Why not? Well, it's not exactly safe, is it? Mm, yeah. The state of it. Where's safe? Where's familiar? Where can I smoke? Go to Mum's, kill Phil, sorry, grab Liz, go to the Winchester, have a nice cold pint, and wait for all this to blow over. How's that for a slice of fried gold? Yeah, boy! <laughs> yeah, boy! Yeah. So, so that was a long one, but there's a, there's a lot of gold in there, including yeah. some fried gold. Um, yep. <laughs> so we, we had to let that play out because the plan is it's flawless if you think about it <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> at least at least to those two it's flawless um, yeah just a lot of good stuff there uh, you know kill Philip like they're very casual about it uh, we've <laughs> also got that fantastic Night of the Living Dead reference which is another thing mm -hmm. just from Night of the Living Dead that gets said in the house all the time We're cut, they're <laughs> coming to get you Barbara so you, you know um we had to play that clip. Absolutely love that scene. Um, so this is where we've previously re uh, mentioned uh, not wanting to say the word zombie. Um, <laughs> they're getting ready to go. And, uh, and, and Ed says he uses the word zombie. And, and Sean says, no, don't use the Z word. Yeah. Um, Which is worse because later he drops the N word. <laughs> no, I get that. Oh, man. That one I caught mean, me off guard, too. I was like, Whoa. I mean, we, ha we haven't gotten there yet, but I made a note saying specifically that wasn't even appropriate in 2004 when he said it let alone like if this was an 80s movie i could kind of but not even in 2004 was that appropriate i wonder if he's been hanging out with upgrade with two d's there you go exactly because he wanted a double dose of that pimp power um <laughs> exactly that's what's going to get him through the apocalypse um so they're ready to leave they're ready to take pete's car and sean has to wee as he says it so i have to wee um, he goes upstairs and he takes care of business. Some some quick cuts, flushing the toilet and stuff, uh, just just like Edgar likes to do. Um, and then, <laughs> and uh, Sean closes the mirror. Uh, so it's the same thing. He closes the mirror. As he closes it, he sees Pete's shadow in the shower. Um, but there's no water running. He just sees a shadow in the shower. Um, he opens the shower curtain and there is a naked Pete uh, with zombie eyes. <laughs> and uh, Pete. Um, Pete is staring at him Sean's obviously he's, he's freaked out because he knows he's got to get out of there uh, he starts talking to Pete about taking the car and uh, he, this is a, another cool reference uh, that he drops right before he leaves the bathroom uh, you know he says you, you can come along if you want to join us and apparently that's a direct nod to Evil Dead because the, the Evil Dead guy mm. says you know he, he or you know it, it's Ash um, you know, who says, join us when he is possessed. Uh, so it's a nod to that. And um, going back just real quick, the uh, team meeting scene in the beginning when Sean's at work, he mentions an employee named Ash being under the weather. And that's also a nod to uh, Sam Raimi and to, and to uh, you know, huh. the whole crew at Evil Dead and, you know, because the character's name is Ash. Uh, so, you know, there's a couple of references there. Um so 
they get into Pete's car. They've got to sort of kind of fight off some zombies or at least hurriedly, hurriedly get into the car before the zombies get to them. The zombies include some of the familiar faces from earlier in the movie, the homeless guy, the soccer boy. Uh, you know, they're all there. Uh, and I love the, the soccer car. boy because you get that, you know, the original yeah. line when he saw him the first time was, you're dead. Yeah. And the next <laughs> time you see him, he's dead. It's great. Exactly. I love that stuff, man. Exactly. Um, yes. So uh, they they take off. Ed's driving. Ed, Ed's Ed's a bit aggressive. He likes to drive. He likes to you know, especially when it's not his car. Um, so <laughs> at one point they hit this guy, and you know he screeched to a halt and said, "I think we, you know." Ed's like, "I think we hit something," and you know, they hit a person. Um, they back up to ask if the guy's okay, and he's like, you know, on his face <laughs> with his leg bent sideways around him and stuff, and you know, he. Sean's kind of horrified till he sees the guy move and he goes, oh, thank God. <laughs> so it didn't really matter if he was alive when he hit him because he's fine now because he's getting back up because he's a zombie. So it's, it's all okay, you know. Um, One glaring it, mistake, the steering yeah. wheel's on the uh, wrong side of the car. Oh, damn, you're right. You're right. Maybe, they, we, maybe it had one of those non-inverted lenses. Yeah. <laughs> it's just showing everything backwards. I hate it when people take <laughs> pictures of themselves playing guitar and they look like they're left-handed. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. Um, they, so they make it to Barbara's house. Uh, Sean's mom's name is Barbara, by the way. Um, they make it to Barbara's house. And as they're pulling up, Ed spots Phillip's Jag in the driveway, his Jaguar. <laughs> and he's like, uh, he's very enamored with the car. He wants to drive it or immediately. He wants to take it. Um, he's never driven a Jag. He'd love to try one. So he, he he very sheepishly says, you know, I'm gonna stay. I'm gonna stay in the car. You go in, <laughs> because you know, if anything goes wrong out here, I'll tap the horn three times. Beep beep beep. <laughs> and uh, you know, so far, Sean just whatever. He just okay, fine. He goes inside. Um, you know, his mom's very happy to see him. Uh, she calls him Pickle, which I found out is uh, Edgar Wright's mom's pet name for him. She's called him Pickle forever. So they uh, they brought that into the movie. Uh, so Barbara calls Sean Pickle. Um, they're having arguments about staying. And oh, just really quickly, <laughs> Barbara looks at Sean and goes, you've got red on you. Because <laughs> not only is his pen, but the, the blood is all over him. Um, so, you know, they're arguing back and forth about staying or going. Um, you know, Barbara doesn't want to go anywhere. She doesn't want to leave Philip. Um, we already know that Sean doesn't like Philip. Uh, doesn't have any respect for Philip because he thinks Philip doesn't like him. So there's this whole contentious thing going on in this scene. Um, uh, Barbara's making tea and, and some sandwiches. So Sean goes in to, you know, kill Philip, which is the plan, part of the plan. Uh, but when he gets in there, Philip's still, um, Philip's still alive. Sean's ready to clock him and he says he's sorry. And Philip goes, for what? Because <laughs> he's half dead. Um, so, you know, they're arguing again. Now now the argument involves all three of them. Um, you know, Philip is of the mind that these are just some crackheads running around. It's overblown. You know, we, got, we had our jabs when we went to the Isle of Wight, <laughs> meaning they got their immunization. So he's going to be fine. I ran, I ran it under a cold tap. <laughs> so, you know, stoic British, you know, is what it is. Like just the, the, the people who lived through the war, you know, uh, just running under some cold water and it's fine. Um, so, you know, they're arguing back and forth. And um, at one point, I, I asked to play this clip just because, again, I'm repeating myself, but it's something that gets used in the house a lot. So, yeah, Joe, like could you? Too. Yeah. Could you roll the clip? Yep. 
Philip's been quite unkind to me. Well, you weren't always the easiest person to live with. Mum, he chased me around the garden with a bit of wood. Well, you did call him a you-know-what. Oh, what, did he tell you that? Yes, he did. Motherfucker. Sean. Sorry, Mother. Mum. <laughs> <laughs> See? Okay, no, sorry. That is my favorite clip. That's so my good. favorite line in the whole movie. Yes. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> So it, we, we work that into conversations on a regular basis. Um, it's just, it might not always fit, but it always works. Okay. So that's why I had to, I had to play that. Motherfucker. So, um, mother, I mean, I mean, mom. Yeah, right. Mother, mother. I mean, mom. Exactly. he's a motherfucker. He doesn't want to call her mother. Exactly. So, it, you know, again, the argument continues. There's a point where Sean tries to convince his mom that Philip has touched him inappropriately on multiple occasions. <laughs> and Barbara just stares him down. And he goes, nope, that's not true. I don't even know not why true. I said that. Shouldn't have said Shouldn't that. Shouldn't have said that. <laughs> so, you know, it's a, it's a great interaction. Um, they finally convinced him to all go. All right. They got to get to someplace safe. So they're heading out. Um, you know, uh, Philip's going to drive the Jag. Uh, they're going to follow. He's like, are we going to follow you guys? <laughs> <laughs> they turn around and Sean sees that Ed has wrecked the car. <laughs> um, you know, yeah, I, I wrecked, I, I wrecked it, and uh, and Sean's like, but but you were parked. Yeah, I'm sorry, because <laughs> he wants to drive the Jag. Um, just as they're having that conversation, um, this is this goes back directly to Ed's reference in the foreshadowing of the King's Head. Um, we see some hoodie-wearing zombies come up the driveway. These are the zombies from the opening credit scene that are dancing in the alley. Yep, those um, are the ones that got him. What's that? Those are the ones that get him. Yes, exactly. So they are, they are now on, on, in Philip's driveway, and uh, one of them bites Philip in the neck. So that is the reference to the king's head because um, Philip is the king because he's the dad. He's like, you know, the boss of them all. So uh, Philip gets bitten. Sean fights them off. Ed does nothing. <laughs> <laughs> he just wants to drive the Jag, so he doesn't fucking help at all. Um, you know, they get them in the car, and, you know, Ed manages to get the keys, and, and he's driving. So, <laughs> um, they, uh, okay, where am I? There we go. Okay, so they're inside, and as they're driving, you know, Ed's driving like a maniac. Philip is in the back seat complaining about the music. Um, he's obviously holding a fucking tissue to his throat and his neck, which is spurting blood. Um, he's complaining about the music and he's backseat driving, telling him to slow down. Is this a 20 mile an hour zone? Um, you know, so they make it to Liz's. Um, he, he screech, you know, Ed pulls up, screeches to a halt and Sean can't get out of the car because Philip has the child, <laughs> has the child locks on the Jag. <laughs> and his only comment to, to Sean is safety first, Sean, <laughs> <laughs> you know, so, uh, we see Sean. We hear Sean. We're inside Liz's apartment, and we hear Sean grunting again like he was earlier. Uh, but this time he actually makes it up. He makes it all the way up to our window. And um, Edgar Wright called this the Indiana Jones entrance um, because he, he makes it at the top where you see his hand with the cricket bat first, which is a scene from one of the Indiana Jones movies where he's climbing. And he, the bridge, the bridge collapse, uh, I believe, in the Temple of Doom. Um, and then when when Sean gets in, he rolls in like he does a barrel roll into the into the apartment. Um, so you know he's there to convince Liz, and you know you know connectedly uh, Diane and David to that the safest place is at the Winchester. Um, 
Liz sees changes in Sean at this point, to, to somewhat. She sees a man who's decisive and, and has a plan. It might not be the best plan. It might be a stupid plan. But he's, he's gotten organized. He's a different person than he was even a day ago. Uh, so she's, she's in on this. She's fine. Um, you had referenced, Joe, the, uh, the cricket bat being real or yeah. being foam, okay? In this scene, it was a real cricket bat. And there's a point where he's describing what you should do. Grab, you need to grab something you can bludgeon him with. And you just take him and you hit him in the head. And he hits himself in the head with the cricket bat. And he goes, and you just hit him in the head. Ow. Because he <laughs> hit himself in the fucking head with it and he hurt himself. <laughs> he didn't bleed or anything, but he hurt himself. And that ow was real. <laughs> um, so, you know, he, he clonked himself pretty good on that. So, um, you know, um, <laughs> so, you know, Liz, Diane, and David agree. And they all ask uh, Sean, what's the plan? And his response is, we're going to the Winchester. <laughs> and, you know, it's like, oh, fuck. All right. So uh, they all go downstairs because they have to get to the car. Uh, and, Joe, this is where you, what you just mentioned comes into perfect play. Sean's the only one swinging that, that tool. Yeah. Um, the other ones are pushing people away, zombies away. But Joe is swinging that foam cricket bat, Joe. Joe, you did a good job swinging that bat, bud. Thank you. Thank you. I, I thought right. so. Um, Sean's swinging that bat, uh, you know, do, doing a good job taking out zombies. Um, they make it to the car. Somehow they fit seven people. I mean, the Jag's a pretty roomy vehicle, so, you know, they can fit, they can fit seven in. Um, you know, they all pile in, and finally, after three years, Barbara and Liz meet <laughs> because Sean never brought Liz around, uh, more because he was, he was worried about Philip. But... Um, yeah, so they finally meet, and they're both, you know, very happy to meet each other. We're happy to have you with us this evening and want you to enjoy every minute of your stay here. And while you relax and stretch, visit our concession where you'll find something to please you. There are ice-cold drinks, delicious sandwiches, ice cream, coffee and snacks, and many other pleasing treats. Our foods are fresh and tasty. Our drinks satisfying and refreshing. They're so good. You get more out of life when you go out to a movie. <laughs> 